Each new challenge also provides a new opportunity for us to reinvent the industry and reconsider ways in which we've done things in the past. This is why the registry continues to provide industry insights through personal interviews with the leaders who are shaping real estate each and every day. By subscribing to our podcast, you are helping us in our work, and we will continue to deliver programming such as the one you're about to hear. Please click the subscribe button and let your friends and colleagues know about us. It will help you and the industry stay ahead of the game. I sit down today with two co-founders, friends, and best buddies of Project Mark, a company that enables communication throughout the construction industry at a level it has not experienced before. Tom Dean serves as the CEO of Project Mark. He has spent 10 years in the construction industry, working primarily in cost and risk management. He's been involved in a multitude of different projects, from new healthcare facilities to major high-rise developments. He has a bachelor's degree in quantity surveying from Limerick Institute of Technology. Noel Brady has taken on the role of Project Mark COO. Prior to co-founding Project Mark, Noel also spent 10 years as a construction manager in the industry. He previously worked for ACOM and ACOM Tishman on a range of projects across the Irish, UK, and US markets. He has a bachelor's degree in quantity surveying and a master's in construction, business, and project management. He's also a chartered project manager with the Royal Institute of Charter Surveyors, Society of Charter Surveyors Ireland, and Association for Project Management. Both now live in San Francisco and are extremely excited about the contact space. Welcome to the pod, gentlemen. Tom, Noel, good morning. How are you guys? Great, lad. Great, lad. Thanks for having us. How are things? Uh, Where do we find you guys today? Where are you? We're both in San Francisco. Although it doesn't sound like it, but yeah, we're we're both in, we're both in San Francisco. <laughs> Still working from home, kind of uh, taking advantage of our uh, work from home uh, orders by the governor and stuff. Is that still the case for you guys? Still very much the case. Yeah, excellent. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to join us today. Would love to learn a little bit more about your company. So as kind of a way of uh, background and introduction, tell us. Tom and Noel, how you guys know each other, how this uh, firm started and kind of, you know, how you decided to kick it off. Sure. So myself and Noel are college roommates. We met, when did we meet? Oh, back in 2007. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. yeah. Long time. We studied quantity surveying in college, uh, construction economics and management, what it's formerly uh, known as. And then we, we went on our separate ways. I moved to L.A., Worked in the industry for about six years down in LA. I worked on a, a bunch of major projects in mainly the pre-construction space, which then brought me to San Francisco, where Noel and myself reconnected again, which was a great story. And Noel was actually interviewing our firm, and I was leading our team, and Noel was leading the interview, which was a funny story. Tell us a story. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> it was after... Obviously, going to college with Tom, being his roommate for a couple of years, it was very funny to see his business voice in a meeting. And I was like, <laughs> I does it sound like you? But um, no, it was great. That's really, honestly, where the genesis of Project Mark came from. So I was posing the questions. We had our interview, and Tom's firm were successful in pursuit of that project. And we started to work together for about two years, I think it was, at the end. And during that period, because we were in so early on the project, a large part of our job was to find the right partners for our client. Yeah, And we were building this mixed-use high-rise tower in downtown San Francisco and really finding the right people for the job. 
was limited to our existing networks. Um, and we would look out of our office and we would see all of these relevant similar projects in downtown San Francisco and really had limited information about who did what on any of these projects. And for us, that was a bit of a light bulb moment. We thought that these companies are missing a huge marketing opportunity to let people like us, owners, representatives, clients, or other people in the industry, who they are and what projects they've worked on. And that's really where we sat down and started to conceptualize the idea of Project Mark. How can we provide an opportunity for companies to mark the portfolio in a more effective way? And in doing so, provide a, a tangible solution for companies to be sourced. Because in construction, that's how we source. That's how we find partners is based on project experience. What, one of the questions myself and Tom always asked in our interviews was to all of our potential uh, project partners is, what relevant experience do you have that qualifies you to work on our project? And that's not a question that's easily answerable. So Project Mark tries to do it in that sense to allow you to put your best foot forward by showing your project experience. How was this information generally obtained in the industry prior to your product? It's typically word of mouth. The construction industry is, is huge, but it's also very small at the same time. People are continuously working with the same partners. And as owners' representatives ourselves, our clients come to us and they say, hey, we want to build a mixed-use commercial project here in this particular area. We will search our own database, our own network of companies, and recommend companies to our clients. But it's not always the most suitable candidate. So in construction, we're trying to expand your opportunities there. And that information, Vlad, it also exists on companies' websites. And, and it's the first part. If you think about folks yeah. in the AC world, that's the first thing that we want people to see is our project experience. Platforms today are extremely horizontal, but they're not necessarily, they're built for e-commerce platforms, not necessarily built for the AC industry, because what we source is through experience. And I think that's where Noel and myself identified that missing link. And it was really just the concept to to them. We start to uncover different problems that we're, we're bringing with our product as well. So that was the genesis of the idea and kind of of the venture, if you will. But then when did this happen again? Was this a couple of years ago in uh, 2018, 2019, yeah. roughly? Yeah. yeah, it was a couple of years ago on that job. And the great sign of, of Noel and I, we kind of had two years of working together. So we knew we could work well together as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was one of them things. We we kicked off the idea. We started to bounce it around certain folks in the industry, and then really start to do some more market research. And then yeah. it, it took us to a point where we looked at each other and said, "Okay, we're hearing some great feedback. Do we want to commit our own money and funds and time in terms of developing kind of that first phase MVP?" And and the rest is history. Yeah. So tell us about that process, because obviously you guys are not technical developers, right? I mean, you are, you come from the commercial, you know, real estate built environment. So how did you go about figuring out the technical aspects of building a software product, essentially, you know, picking a platform, choosing features, you know, things, things like that. Uh, some, maybe some war stories around, around that. Yeah. Well, I suppose what coming from the construction industry, it's very, um, process driven in a lot of senses and we try to utilize a lot of the experience that we had from the AEC industry and just take it across to what we were doing and trying to build a technology platform. Obviously both of us were extremely green, but we did a bit of due diligence about where's the best place to build a product, what you need in terms of an MVP, what industries or sectors you should look at. And 
we went through the entire due diligence process. We spoke to a number of different companies and did a little bit of research, got some references, et cetera, and tried to figure out what would be best for us. And obviously for myself and Tom, we were trying to maximize our own time. So we ended up actually choosing a company back home in Ireland because it was on a, a good timeline for us, obviously eight hours of a difference. So we were able to uh, speak to them on, I suppose, off-peak times just to try and get their attention. And I think it worked out well for us. They were good guys to work with, easy to communicate with. And they kind of sensed what we were doing. They saw the vision. They saw the end goal. And sure. they helped us get where we wanted to go. It's funny, Vlad, now mentions his processes. Uh the scoping document now put together was like a scoping document that you put together for you know a hundred million dollar contract. And <laughs> okay. the engineers Did your friends in Ireland know what the, what to do with this thing? <laughs> we sent across to multiple engineers and, and we've we actually use that process to to hire other consultants and oftentimes we've got back in saying, We've never seen this detail. So <laughs> It was not the detail we were lacking, which is a good thing. We were thinking like, what what, what are they used to seeing? Because that's yeah. all we're used to seeing in construction. So I think that resonated really well. I guess the, the skills that you pick up in, in the construction industry are uniquely transferable to, to starting any other business. And that's what we, we stuck to what we knew when, when we were buying out, you know, the initial phase of the, the product development. Well, and from my point of view, having started a business of my own also, one of the things that I've learned throughout the process is that having that kind of focus also helps you figure out, you know, where to spend your time, right? And also where you're going to be most valuable as well, which is very interesting. So anyway, tell me, so when did kind of, you know, V1 of this launch and what were some of those, you know, first initial kind of feedback that you got from the industry and maybe some companies that kind of jump on board that you can talk about? Yeah, so we initially launched, I would say, our first MVP about a year ago, I would want to say, early early last year. And if I could just sort of add, because you, you guys use the acronym MVP, that stands for Most most Viable Product, right? Yeah, is that, it's, it's, is that it's, min, it's Minimum Viable minimum Product. Viable product. So, yeah, so right. essentially a prototype that we, it was launched in a kind of a closed loop. We didn't officially launch until actually June of 2020 but we started to bounce around initial the, the platform to a couple of early companies and, and and start to onboard them and get certain feedback and then it was really june 2020 where we launched our beta started to amass more customers really started to listen to feedback and as we started to continue our customer discovery the data that we were collecting on on the back end, we could see much more use case for in terms of streamlining marketing tools. And that's really what's taken us there today. So initially we launched with kind of the profile and being on the network, but it because of customer discovery and, and our conversations, it's it's much more sub substantial than that today and will continue to be over the next couple of months. No and anything to add there? No, I think it kind of goes on solving some of the pain points that we were experiencing. The first pain point we were experiencing was trying to allow companies to market themselves in a more effective way. And then for us to source companies based on experience that we're actually looking for. But as Tom mentioned, as we started to get companies signed up, learning some information and feedback from them, we identified other pain points and ones that we had experienced ourselves. And that really leads us to our reporting feature in construction. Anytime you meet a potential lead or a potential client, are invited to interview. We spend, in our experience, about two weeks chasing down the information that the client has asked for, whereas you should be 
spending that time on your day-to-day work or actually preparing for the interview. So the feedback we received allowed us to begin to build other features on our product, such as the reporting feature. Yeah. And it's, it's also worthwhile saying that this is not a product just for construction companies, right? The scale of uh, the industry uh, starts with architects and designers, right? And I'll, I'll let you kind of give me give me a sense of who who should be on it. Yeah, it's what we what we did is we kind of test balloon across multiple roles and disciplines, and we do have early signs of traction from these different roles. You, you mentioned architects, any any design consultants. The project that Nolan myself was on in San Francisco pretty much catered for every type of discipline in the industry. But we we started to utilize them filters on, on who our initial targets were. So architects, engineers, general contractors, owners, representatives, cost consultants, and, and subcontractors. So essentially anyone who touches a project that would have project experience on, on their website. Yeah. One of the things that we've discovered during, you know, reporting on all the new developments across the industry has been, you know, the companies are not often, you know, allowed to say who they're working with or for or that kind of thing. How do you guys bridge that? And, you know, is it because it's a closed loop, it's a little more easier to share that information? Are there certain, you know, ways of commun- communicating big search company that starts with a G, something like that? How do companies, you know, really portray the scope of all the work that they've done? So I suppose one of the uh, roadblocks in terms of confidentiality that we have encountered to date is many companies are under NDA or certain confidentiality agreements with their clients, really. And so they're not able to promote that work on their own website. But what would make us a little bit different is that we're just asking or allowing our co-members to promote their experience. So instead of saying client ABC or whatever the client is, you just say, um, for example, data center client, which are typically confidentiality issues, data center client, San Jose. And you then promote your own experience. You say, we built the data center, X square footage, um, this is the MEP that was included in the project. And then how it works on the back end, we are allowing you to promote it. But as you're uploading your project, there is a checkbox saying, is this a confidential project? And if it is, you check that box. What that then allows you to do is it hides the location on the map. So it removes the confidentiality of the project address. And then we ask our members only to upload and share projects that are information that is open source or is available to the public. And then they're able to promote that experience. And then they're able to be sourced based on that experience. So if someone is looking for a contractor who has data center experience in San Jose or the South Bay, they can search for that experience and be found through Project Mark. That's one of the first, I suppose, confidentiality issues that we have encountered and how we've tried to overcome it. Yeah. And one of the things that when we talked about it this a couple of weeks ago that you guys also said, which I found to be very, very interesting, was that this is not just about a way for you to promote what you've done. But like you said earlier, this is a way for the companies to showcase what their expertise brings, right? And some of the stuff that they worked uh, on in the in the past, and really a way to showcase the transferability of their experience. Is that an accurate way to describe that? Yeah, yeah, you hit hit the nail on the head. And and one thing I'd add is in a really interactive manner. If you were to take a look at one of our member profiles, we coin it as a as a perfect online elevator pitch because it's it's engagement and interactivity that is is truly important when showing off your project experience today when you're comparing 
you know, other tech platforms like the Airbnbs and the Ubers, the Instagram timelines, very engaging content and really familiar interfaces to to retain the information. So that what that's what was our focus with our member profiles. How do we present the company in this really easily digestible manner that will engage an audience? Are there some things during the development process that you've uncovered that you didn't anticipate that came out to be kind of a nice coincidence, if you will, of the experiences with your you know, clients slash prospects? Yeah, a really great uh, story is actually the map embed in itself. So earlier last year, a company came uh, to us and wanted to embed their map in a touchscreen portal. And we started to think about the map in itself being a, a great tool for companies to utilize externally. So we've a number of websites now that companies are utilizing the map feature alone as a means of hosting their portfolio on their website in this really engaging way. So uh, yeah, that was one based again on customer discovery that we wouldn't have initially put our finger on from the start. Yeah. So early feedback, where are you in terms of your development cycle? V1, V2, what does 2021 bring for you guys now? So we are essentially at we have a number of different products in the overall platform. We have a PDF reporting feature, which would be at version two. We have the ability to create a micro website, which is at version one right now. And then we have our embed map feature and the overall network features and essentially the content of where you organize and store all of your project information and photographs. But we have a, a product roadmap over the course of this year and moving into next year that includes further developments and all of the existing features and the inclusion and rolling out of additional features such as a, a pre-qualification questionnaire tooling that will complement the existing features. And so we have, I guess, a plan in place for the rest of 2021 and a high-level plan for 2022. The, all of that is tied together with you know, growth plans, revenue plans, and even entering into potential different markets. So we're pretty excited about where we're going. Uh, we, we think there's a huge opportunity, like you mentioned before, in construction technology as a whole, but specifically in what we're trying to provide to the industry through to construction technology. Are you guys planning also maybe long-term to create this as a platform to you know submit projects or even you know do RFPs on? Is that something that would be long-term? Long-term goal is essentially creating a platform for companies to market themselves, to be sourced by future trade partners, uh, future clientele, and also future talent. So we see massive opportunities. As Noel mentioned, we, we've two years of product plans almost laid out already, but we see massive opportunities in going down certain routes. And it's just a, a matter of gauging where we are in the timeline and, and executing on it. But there's certainly opportunities in the sourcing side of things and also in the talent that we see as, as Project Mark grows. Yeah. The construction industry, and I would say more generally, the commercial real estate industry has been kind of a laggard in terms of innovation. And I feel like in the last maybe three, four years, it's really kind of started to hit higher speed in terms of change and new products coming online and things like that. Are you guys benefiting from this from a point of view of uh, you know just more attention because it is a technical solution? And also, are you noticing companies you know willing to invest more? How has that uh, process helped you? Absolutely. For sure, we're benefiting from investment in technology. 
construction technology is kind of, I suppose, uh, in vogue at the moment. We're receiving unprecedented attention and investment in the entire industry. And a, a little anecdote that I, I typically use is investment in construction technology has more than doubled in the last decade. You're saying that there's so many different solutions out there. We're actually seeing that construction companies are now more willing to adapt to technology because of all of the attention that's centered around it. And because there's so many different solutions out there, companies and other investment companies see potential for us either complementing existing technologies or parallels with existing technologies. But it's definitely a positive for us, the the amount of attention that construction technology is getting lately. Have you guys raised money? Are are you looking to raise money this year, next year for uh, for the next sort of phase of your development? Yeah. So we've uh, initially raised actually from largely construction executives, which was an early sign of confidence. So that was back in 2020. We raised uh, a pre-seed round, and uh, yeah, from 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 certain folks that we've pinged across that wanted to get involved, and now the next big milestone is is raising a seed round to continue to grow project cross all fronts. So that will be on top of the agenda this year. Great, great. This is a bit of a question in terms of looking at the near term and long term. But if if you guys had a magic wand in 2021 and 2022, how would you use it? That's a great question. I think <laughs> with our product plan and and just engineering in general, what we've what we've seen is it's very like construction. It, it takes time to execute. It takes time to plan. And I guess if we had a magic wand, we we would get there a lot sooner with all the you know ideas that we have. I think that's my initial. No, I, I think that's exactly it. We've so many ideas, and like we already touched on the pipeline that goes out for two years. If we could find some way to fast track that, to iron out any potential bugs, and to to get it sooner, it's we're just like clients in construction. You want everything now, and you want to be able to make changes. We're also a startup, Vlad. So we, of course, we, we would have endless capital. That would be a, a very nice one to <laughs> right to play with right. for, for sure. Well, you know, sometimes the problem with startup companies is uh, indigestion, not necessarily starvation. And I'm and I'm wondering if you know that might be something because Noel, you mentioned you know you you would consider sort of other markets, but very quickly this could become something that you know takes off in Asia or in Europe or sort of elsewhere, right? I mean, there's no limitation geographically, right, where uh, your clients could come from. Absolutely, we've already received some early interest i suppose from companies in asia and also from uh, companies in ireland um just because of our own experience there and growing up and having already connections there more has gotten around a little bit we've had companies reach out to us trade associations uh, looking to potentially partner with us as a means of promoting their own members in a more effective manner as well so the unique thing about us is that we are easily transferable across any market which is a benefit for us. One thing I was going to add there, Vlad, is with our product roadmap, it's not necessarily reliant on network activity as well. With our marketing tools, we have a company in Canada, for example, that's utilizing some of our tools uh, ahead of, say, the network taking off there, which of course takes time. So that, that's been a big focus for us is, is bringing substantial value initially to members that are on Project Mark, no matter where they are. And, and the network activity then follows. Of course, our, our main focus right now has been uh, San Francisco and the California market. But as, as Noel said and, and, and yourself, we're not necessarily limited to a geography. 
Noel and Tom, tell us a little bit more about your reporting feature and kind of how that works itself through through the system and, and some of the some of the areas that you've identified are important for the industry. First and foremost, what we're trying to do is streamline the process. How can we get a professional looking statement of qualifications over to your client in a really timely manner? And the first thing we focused on was providing a PDF, which is what the industry is used to. Where we're going from there and why we're offering the ability to create a mini website or a microsite is one of the main problems nowadays is how do you capture and maintain your client's engagement? So by providing someone a mini website, you have something that you can review on a desktop or is responsive to viewing on mobile. We have a static table of contents that allows your end user to navigate through the report seamlessly. And we have a series of interactive sections. Everything you want to include in a PDF, we're offering uh, the ability to include that in a microsite but in a more engaging and interactive manner. And the reason for doing that is you may have only 10 seconds, a minute, or whatever it may be to capture your client's attention. You want to put your best foot forward. So that's why we're really trying to focus on the microsite. And also, because we're creating and offering a microsite, possibilities are endless. Uh, For one, we have data analytics. You can identify all of your end users' engagement, when they open it, how much time they spend on each section, et cetera, et cetera. And there's so many opportunities for what you can actually do with the microsite itself. Yeah, just just to add to that, Noel, it was really it was really us looking at the attached PDF and looking, you know, how many how many years have we been sending attached PDFs as part of the proposal or PowerPoint? It, it does that compare with what all of us are used to seeing on a day-to-day you know, with regards to LinkedIn timelines, Instagram timelines, full of content, full of you know, engaging material. Can we provide a platform that allows a company to put themselves almost on a timeline that is specific to a sector, like Noel said, by bringing in engaging material like a live map and video content and live team profiles? We just felt like it was uh, there was more than the attached PDF that you could get across at that time, which is a a key time in the cell. It's part of why you're qualified. So we're really excited by it. So as my final question here, I'll, I'll kind of focus it around, you know, COVID and not necessarily the, you know, disease itself, but as a moment of disruption, obviously your idea came about before the world was the way it is now, <laughs> effectively, right? Usually these times of challenge also present us with times of opportunities and times of innovation and sort of times to rethink if what we're doing is the way that we should be doing it. Have you found this new kind of way of life and working from home and uh, and all of that as a as a way that's maybe accelerated the need for your product? Tell us kind of how how you see what is happening now as a, as a positive. Yeah, I suppose one of the first things we've noticed because of COVID is again technology. People are adopting more to technology. The use of technology has definitely increased because everyone has to work remotely. And obviously what we're striving for in construction is that collaboration. And so how can we streamline your processes while allowing you to work remotely? And I suppose what COVID has done is it's forced people to utilize platforms such as Zoom or other online platforms and how they can communicate more efficiently. And we fit in that, I suppose, chain of communication and how can you respond to your clients in in a more effective way and how can you just do your whole day-to-day job more efficiently. And really, construction technology in, in every sense is trying to do that. 
Yeah, just to, just to add to that, I think companies are starting to think about their online presence a little more. You know, digital marketing agencies are getting a lot busier and people are starting to think about their website, their online presence, their project experience and how that's portrayed because what COVID has shown is there there might be opportunities that need to come through the online and, uh, and uh, the online means of sourcing. And that's exactly where, where we fit in. Excellent. Well, Noel, Tom, thank you very much for your time. Stay safe and good luck with uh, everything that's going to happen to you guys in 2021. Thanks a million for having us, Vlad. Thank you, Vlad. We'll talk to you soon.